The Braves at the All-Star break. They're a juggernaut. How they go about it and how they prepare and, and how they work and how they the energy with that they expend in winning games. And we expect it to do good things. From the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, this is the Braves Report presented by Kroger, the podcast that takes you inside the clubhouse and gives you the stories behind the score. I'm Jay Black, and it is another bi-coastal edition of the Braves Report. We've got reporters spread out about as far across this country as we can go. We've got our AJC beat reporter Justin Toscano in Tampa, and we sent Gabriel Burns to Seattle ahead of the All-Star game. And Justin, what's wrong with the Braves? They've lost twice this week. Yeah, I know. I just not living up to expectations. You get get too hot for your own good. Then you know you got got the fans calling for the GM's head, calling for the manager's head, <laughs> wanting the rotation to be completely reshuffled. No, it's uh went about as well as it could have in this first half, boys. Gabe, get ready. You got a lot of Braves All Stars headed your way. Yeah, no kidding. They do the media availability with each league and all these you know the players talk at one time and it's going to be a madhouse for me um hopping between players and then also trying to get some material from some of the other guys on the nl team as well gonna be a big week for the braves after a very very big first half so coming up we will first dig into what we saw in this possible world series matchup against tampa and then look at all the braves heading to the all-star game we've also got our recap of atlanta's incredibly impressive and historic first half we've got our first half awards you'll also hear from atlanta's newest first round pick and we've got all the answers to all your questions in the ask justin segment this is your first time listening to our show well we are happy to have you and please make sure you follow us on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcast this is the braves report from the atlanta journal constitution presented by kroger and growing up to me the all-star game was kind of the halfway point for summer vacation so you still got plenty of time to enjoy the sunshine enjoy the pool and enjoy the outdoors but time's starting to take away a little bit so if you're the grill master at your home don't let summer get away without showing off in front of your friends and family and kroger is the place to get everything you need for your backyard cookouts they've got all your dogs all your burgers all your steaks all your ribs all the sides all the decorations it goes on and on so head to your local kroger store today or go to kroger.com slash summer grilling to see what's on sale and stock up all right braves haven't lost a series in six weeks so why let the best team in the al bother them it's pretty special. I mean, in the in the postseason, all you want to do is is win win the series. So for us to finish out the first half, eleven in a row is pretty special. As Travis Darno, and despite what happened on Sunday, Justin, this removed any doubt that the Braves are the measuring stick of the major leagues. Yeah, they're not only the class of the National League, but they're the class of uh, the major leagues. They're the best team in baseball, and right now, I don't really think it's particularly close. Tampa's very good, but the Braves just have it all, man. I mean, it's really a wonder to see what happens when you pair a home run hitting offense and it acquires the trait of not striking out as much and going to top, you know, top third in the league and strikeout rate uh, and walking more and having more contact and still hitting balls hard. And then you pair all of that with a pitching staff that, despite the injuries, had the number one ERA in baseball in, ter- in uh, the National League, I should say, in terms of starters going into this series. I mean, they've got it all. What What's the weakness on this team? Gabe, they got a weakness? No, this team's ready to roll. And Justin and I were talking about it before before we started recording. We were talking about Josh Hader, if San Diego ends up selling. But, you know, this team doesn't need Josh Hader. That's just obviously that would be a, a luxury pickup or anybody of that sort. They are in great shape. I don't say this lightly. Jay, you've been watching the Braves longer than I have. 
<laughs> you're older than me. Um, I, I am older than everybody here. Not as old as everybody listening, but older than everybody here. Yeah, yeah. I've been watching the Braves almost my whole life, basically, as a fan and then as media. Honestly, and I don't say this lightly, but I mean, right now, this is the best team I've ever seen. And, you know, obviously they won the World Series a couple years ago. I thought that 2019 team was really good. And there's a lot of scenarios that that season plays out differently than it did in in the series against the Cardinals. And last year's team was rolling. But, I mean, this team is remarkable. And I don't say that lightly, and there's a long way to go. But, frankly, like, yeah, there's a lot of variance in October. But at the same time, the Astros won it last year, and they were they were the best team. So sometimes a team, sometimes it's just a team is just better than everyone else. And right now, again, a long way to go. But I agree with Justin. This team is just, it's a good bit better than everybody else. Tampa got off to that incredibly hot start, has, has cooled back off to earth, but still seems to be one of the best teams in the American League. Did the, have the Braves separated themselves a little bit? Yeah, I think so. The difference I see in these two teams is while they can both develop pitching, They both put players in positions to succeed and seem to utilize their players correctly and maximize talent. The Braves just have stars. The Rays have Wander Franco. Yandy Diaz is a pretty good player. You you look at the lineups and you'll take Ronald Acuna Jr., Austin Riley, Ozzie Albies, Matt Olson. I mean, you know, the Michael Harris, Eddie Rosario. It's just Sean Murphy. They're loaded. I mean, they're loaded. They're absolutely loaded. And I think that's the difference between these two teams to me. As much as the Rays are impressive in what they do in constantly fielding great teams with a payroll that does not rank among the highest in baseball, there is a gap between them and the Braves on paper. Sure, like there's variance in October, as Gabe mentioned. And, you know, if they were to meet in the World Series, maybe the Rays would sweep the Braves. Who knows? But... Right now, I just think that the Rays, you know, they got off to a really hot start. But was it, I mean, you look at the names in that lineup, and that's no disrespect to the lineup. Like, they're a playoff team. They're a contender. But was it a lineup that you would have expected to win, you know, it's like 13 in a row or whatever it was? I mean, I just think they've come back down a little bit to earth, uh, regressed to the mean just a little bit. Still a great team, but I just think, the Braves, yeah, they might not hit like they have, you know, since the start of June. That that not, might not be the second half for them. But I think you look at that lineup on paper and you say, okay, like this team is doing something that is realistic for, you know, the sum of its parts. All right, Brian Snicker, what's been the best part about the first half to you? The best thing I can say, they're a bunch of boring pros, you know, because they come in and they do the same thing every day and they love to compete. And I, that's the most thing that's probably the most impressive about this whole group is they don't get caught up in anything and and, because they know how quick things can change so i think they just they focus on today's the the, i think the greatest attribute that these guys have gabe we had high expectations when we did our season preview show back in uh, march but do you think this team will be this good right now no uh 60 and 29 is it's just crazy they're better and look we did our predictions on here and we picked the Braves to win the East right we had the Mets in third place which at this point they're not even going to be that so but we went through and we liked the Braves they're better than I thought and that's a as a testament to 
what Snit really just said, guys, consistency. No one thought that – I think everyone really liked Sean Murphy. He's been better than we thought. Bryce Elder has obviously been better than we thought. And this team also, like, what if you told us – what if you just told us that, you know, Max Freed and Kyle Wright would be sidelined too, right? So it's not like everything has even gone right for them and they're still doing this. So that's, in theory, certainly on paper, they're going to get even better, you know, whenever Max does get hit back and – and we'll just see if guys can keep this up. But no, I mean, credit to them because, again, this team is just – you know, you made a joke earlier they lost twice in a week, and it's it feels like that just doesn't really happen. It really is um, – we're witnessing another golden era for the Braves here. And I don't know how long this one's going to last, but this is, you know, when you're – I'm almost 30, you grow up and you – vaguely remember as a kid you know the 90s Braves and everything and you grow up hearing people talk about them and now these kids now are experiencing this and they're watching this and people are going to be talking about these teams for a long time and it's kind of hard in the moment to necessarily really appreciate that but you know 20 years from now we're going to be talking about these kind of teams and I'm not getting ahead of myself because obviously you know you win five you're going to win six consecutive division titles. You've already won one World Series. And, again, they're by far the best team this year. So, I mean, it, it really is from someone who's from Georgia and someone who's watched this team and followed this team, um, it, it really is something special to watch. In the 90s, of course, it was all built on pitching, pitching, pitching. This team is bashing its way through the National League right now and obviously on a historic home run pace with more homers than any team at the All-Star break. That's not what's impressed Brian Snicker. I'm more proud of the fact that, that how more complete our offense has been as far as, we're, you know, we're limiting the strikeouts, we're putting the ball in play better, and I think a home like I've said earlier, and, and the home runs are just a byproduct of good at-bats and, and making contact. Justin, here's the list of things they've accomplished heading into Sunday for the team with the best record in baseball and the most All-Stars. They lead the league in OPS, slugging, on base, batting average, runs, and of course homers. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw you this one too. They've got the seventh fewest strikeouts in baseball. But you nailed it, Jay. I mean, top to bottom, this is the best offense in baseball. At this point, it isn't close. And I'm I'm with Gabe. It's it's really weird to say, and people will almost think you're jinxing the team. But do we? really see this team collapsing I, I mean is are the Marlins going to catch these guys especially with the balanced schedule where the Marlins only have one more series against the Braves I mean it just I just don't see it it's it just I mean it would take an epic collapse for them to lose the division and an even more epic collapse to not even make the playoffs so right now you almost have your eyes set on October and that's what Austin Riley told me you know after today's game just in that Hey, look, you know, it, it, you know, great first half, but now our sights are set on October. And um, Spencer Strider last week, he called for the first half practice for the second half. We've heard guys say things like that, that they're not going to really rest on a, a great first half. Brian Snicker said today after today's game that, you know, there was a time when he drove to the ballpark and hoped to win. Now he drives to the ballpark and expects to win. And I think that just speaks to the expectations. Like, Yes, you need to take care of business day in, day out to have a chance to play for a World Series, to have a chance to win it all. But the Braves have built enough right now where we 
we look at them and we say, because of that offense and all those numbers you mentioned, Jay, because they've got the complete team with the pitching staff as well, because they've got depth everywhere, we look at them and we say, okay, let's let's see what they do in October. Can they finish this off? Because we know they're good enough to get there. They're not this up-and-coming Cinderella anymore. They're they're there. Like They've arrived. They are the ones with the target on the back. And, and I, you know, they want to do something special. Gabe, what worries you at this point? Can they keep it up? Honestly, the biggest thing that worries me is just staying healthy. We saw what happened last year. And, you know, we kind of, before, once the Braves got beat, I remember, Joe, you made some kind of, I don't remember if it was on the podcast or not, but you had kind of made some kind of remark like, why do we do this for six months? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. uh, it was really, uh, they were better than the Phillies the whole year, all right? And we can go through all of that. And that's that's the nature of the sport. So you just, you don't know. And you don't know what's going to happen when you get there. For as great as this team is, remember where they were this time last year, too, in the way they were rolling. So, like, no. On paper, I'd like another bullpen arm. But go through the roster, you feel pretty good about this. But you just don't know. You don't know when you're going to get there. You don't know. Uh, we'll see about Freed. Obviously, when you're talking about winning a World Series, Freed and Wright, that is a huge, huge, huge subplot here. So, yeah, you're, talk you're talking about those two guys and just in general health. So, But at this point, right now on, where are we, July 9th, right? I don't really have concerns. I'm more concerned about what's going to, when we're here in the last week of September or when they get to the NLDS I mean, what's it going to be? Because it's basically impossible to predict. All right, coming up, we'll have our first half awards, and we'll look ahead to the All-Star Game. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, presented by Kroger. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, going to be a special all-star game for Braves country in Seattle on Tuesday. And the Atlanta Journal-Constitution is ready to mark the occasion. We are printing a limited number of Braves all-star keepsake special sections and these cool posters to honor the record eight Braves all-stars. So if you want to make this part of your collection, if you are a subscriber, well, you've already gotten yours free in the Sunday paper or check out the e-paper as well. And if you missed it, you can go pick yours up at AJC.com slash Braves News and also at AJC.com slash Braves News. We're turning these posters into some pretty special plaques. So log on today, AJC.com slash Braves News. And uh, if you have not done so, check these out, Justin. These are uh, pretty cool. Yeah, no, they're, they're sweet. Our team did a really, really good job on those. A lot of people much more talented than us. We just do the writing and the reporting and the talking. They make it look good. It looks really, really good. And um, we'll have some, you know, on our, our virtual store. So people can, you know, yeah. anywhere can get them. 
as they choose and however many they want as they want them. All right, now time for our uh, first half awards, and we will start with MVP. Oh, geez. I mean, we need to waste time on this. Ronald Acuna Jr. So here's my here's my favorite stat of the first half. The Brave with the best OPS is not Ronald Acuna. It is Sean Murphy. Yeah, I know. I know. It's um, Brian Snicker said after Saturday's game that might have been Friday even. Um, They're running together because it seems like he homers in three out of every four starts he has. He said, well, you know, when you looked at him offensively, you know, you don't know if you could have expected this. And then he kind of stopped himself and were like, he was on the other coast. What could we have expected? Like, we didn't know what he was going to give. It has been more than you could have imagined. Yes, he is elite defensively. We knew that. The defense is his calling card. He's got a gold glove for a reason. But did anyone see this offensive production coming? I mean, this has made them, I mean, it's just given them another dimension. The fact that he's hitting about as well as, Tra- you know, better than Travis Darno did in his last, you know, last year's all-star season. It's pretty insane to me. You could make a good case for Sean Murphy, but I think that Ronald's emergence has just really keyed this team. You know, it's so cool. You know, when you follow sports, any sport, when a guy arrives and he's expected to be an MVP level talent, and he is. It happens, right? Yeah. There's so many guys that disappoint. There's so many guys that like nail it, right? We've seen, you know, everyone kind of knew after that year at LSU what Joe Burrow was. And now you're seeing this play out. And it's like, yeah, this guy's every bit as good as people thought he was, right? Acuna was the most hyped Braves prospect since Jason Hayward. We saw how Hayward, what happened there. He has been better than I think kind of the way we said that this team is better this year we could have imagined. Acuna has been better than we really could have imagined when he came up that day in Cincinnati in 18. So it's really cool to see, you know, Chipper called him the most talented player to wear a Braves uniform. We're seeing one of the greatest talents in the history of baseball do this. He's in his mid-20s, in his prime. He's going to win if he stays healthy. It looks like, you know, we'll see, but a heavy MVP favorite. It's just, it's a special season that we're going to remember, I think, for a very long time. And it might not even be his only MVP season because that's how great he is. So when we talk about this state of baseball, and there's so many, I, I don't know if there's been an era of baseball where there's been this many exciting guys, especially who are like mid 20s and younger. And Acuna, I mean, other than Otani, Acuna's the face of that. Jay, I think I've got one stat that maybe best represents his first half. You could print two pages of them. I think the one that's the best one is Ronald Acuna Jr. This year became the first player to total at least 20 home runs, at least 40 stolen bases, and at least 50 RBIs before the All-Star break. Yeah, it's it's a joke. We were talking 40-40, right? That's what, that was the whole thing. The first 40 seemed more realistic maybe than the second 40. Uh, and now he's got 40 stolen bases here going into Seattle. He literally, when he gets on base, it's a double. Like it's, and, and maybe even a triple. Like he literally, he puts so much pressure on teams because you can't keep holding them on that it, it just, it, basically it's a free free reign after that. I mean, let's just say this. When they wanted more action in the game, MLB got what it bargained for with these uh, new rules that basically don't allow you to control the running game. Cy Young. Ooh. 
Man, that's a pretty good one. I, I got to go, honestly, I got to go with Bryce Elder just because you look at what he did, sub three ERA. Really, this one Sunday was his worst start of the first half. And, and I mean, I think contextually, knowing that he was sent down at the end of spring training, didn't get those first cracks at the rotation, but got one, you know, because of Max Fried's injury at the time, and then did what he did with it to stabilize the rotation and, and help make it the best in the National League in the first half, despite all the injuries, was really impressive. But I wouldn't have a problem if somebody said Spencer Strider. Gabe? I'd agree with Elder, too. And the context is really important because simply you're asking where would they be without Price Elder. And again, I wouldn't have an issue with Strider as well. Obviously, he's been great, but all the credit in the world to Elder and what he's doing and doing it with his style as well. He deserves a ton of credit. He's been a godsend for them. They really needed this. And for a guy that, you know, I was there in Florida the day that he was just, he was walking guys and they sent him down and they sent Ian down. And you're just wondering what, you know, what, what's going to happen here. And again, he deserves all the credit in the world. So yeah, it has to be him. He's been their reliable guy and they've, de- they desperately needed him to do what he's done. It is pretty remarkable that with all the upheaval in the rotation and that kind of mediocre to slightly bad month of May that the Braves bullpen had, that their starters lead the national league in ERA coming into Sunday. Their relievers lead the national league in ERA coming into Sunday. Oh my God. The relievers. Yeah. That's see, that's one I didn't check in a couple of weeks because I've written on the bullpen. I wrote on the bullpen so much, good and bad, in the first couple months of the season. That's remarkable. Think about how bad the bullpen was for like three weeks. Just how it felt like they couldn't get anybody out. Like no lead was safe. There were a handful of bad losses. And my lord, I mean, to have yeah, it just shows you the depth. Honestly, like they have so many guys that it's rare that four or five of them are going to be underperforming at the same time because they have so many guys with track records. I mean, it's it's a really good mix. Like We keep going back to it, and I do not want to jinx it for everybody who's going to throw tomatoes at me for doing so, but you look at this team and you're like, man, it this is about as good a shot as anybody's ever had to win a World Series because you look at how good the Braves are, plus the Dodgers decide to pretty much stand pat in the offseason. They didn't spend a lot of money. The Mets and the Padres are not living up to the money that they did spend. The Diamondbacks, I still think, are a year or two away in terms of building a more complete roster, even if they've been exciting to this point. The Central probably doesn't deserve a playoff spot, though the Reds are deserving of a playoff spot uh, with the way they've played their resurgence. The Braves are head and shoulders better than everybody else, and I think that bullpen stat, like, that's the only thing you need at the deadline, right? Maybe is like another reliever if you wanted to add one. But even then, <laughs> the room's going to get kind of crowded. I mean, they're going to have decisions on who to send down when Dylan Lee comes back. Yeah. I mean, the optionable guy is Ben Heller, right? But, I mean, they, they say people say you're only as good as your weakest link. If your weakest links are Ben Heller and Michael Tonkin, who, by the way, Michael Tonkin, I think, after before today had like 14 straight scoreless innings like it's it's pretty unreal i mean the depth on this team is usually when a team has stars it's 
it's not as deep because it's so hard to, to get that much talent at one time, but they've just built such a deep machine here that it's like, it, it just feel like they can get you from all angles. Like it's tough to beat these guys. I want to again mention that the Canadians have to be looking at this going, why can't anyone else beat the Braves? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they went up there and they look like a 70 win team. And so Blue Jays fans are, are going like, are you kidding me? Like n literally no one else can beat these guys but us. So anyway, just, you know, shout out to Toronto for whatever reason they own the Braves. Most surprising part of the season. You know, I'm going to say the top starters ERA in the NL without two rotation members. One that who was second in the surprising. Cy Young and one who had 20 wins last year. Yeah, I mean, you projected those were two of your three top guys, right? It was going to be Max Fried, Spencer Strider, Kyle Wright. In conversation, we list them like that. That's what we did in spring training in the offseason. You've not had Max Fried for a long time. You have not had Kyle Wright for a long time, both since, you know, kind of early May, and it's just the things kept on rolling. And, and that, to me, that's most surprising. If you would have told me that the Braves, I mean, if you would have asked me on May 10th, I would have said, okay, maybe they can still have like, you know, the fifth best ER in the National League or something. But first, no way. That's a good one. Arcia being the starting shortstop for the NL All-Star team is a pretty good one. Heck, Arcia being the starting shortstop for the Braves. Yeah, yeah, that too. And, you know, if you watched Marcelo Zuna hit the first month of the season, him still even maybe still being here could be considered a surprise. Sean Murphy's not like, you know, it would be disrespectful to call him that big of a surprise because everyone knew he was a good player. But what he's been is, you know, obviously that's remarkable. Tonkin, you've got different guys who have stepped up. And really, surprise-wise, I'm going to go – and Justin just laid this out, but the National League is kind of – is a pretty big surprise to me, right? The Mets being just bad, San Diego being pretty out of it, the Dodgers, like, not being an absolute force is not that surprising given, you know, what they did this offseason. But you've got the Reds in first place. You've got the Diamondbacks in first place. The Giants are pretty good again. You know, the playoff picture in the NL, the Cardinals being just horrible. So you can go through the NL, uh, the Marlins being good. The NL's been pretty surprising, yet, you know, the Braves have been the one team that stands out above. But the rest of the NL uh, is not really the way that most people would have predicted it. Best moment of the first half. Ooh, best moment. Gabe Gabe kind of went with the I common sense sometimes isn't so common. Your surprises were way better than mine. Orlando Ars is a good one. Best moment of the first half. Man, you know, I'm gonna say the vibe train that was the Met series at Truist Park. Like that early June Met series where the Braves are like, you know what? Like we're still those guys. Like, we're still those guys. Maybe May didn't go how we hoped, but we're still those guys. They completely stepped on the throat. That was the first, what was the exact stat? Wasn't it the first three-game stretch in franchise history in which they overcame deficits of at least three runs in all three games? Like, it was it was crazy. And then after one of those, Ozzy Albies says, you know, they, don't, they know the message. Like, we don't have to say it. And... That kind of started what came to be as the Mets back, three, you know, three and a half back at the start of June, 18 and a half back at the end of June. So I think that that moment, that week, that little wave was kind of like the best moment of this first half. 
completely agree. Poor Larry, a crown would be the highlight. <laughs> I think of the first That's half. True. That that That's moment true. was the highlight. <laughs> so I'm going to take I'm going to take what led into that. Eddie Rosario's grand slam in the ninth inning in the final game of the Diamondback series. That was the first series that the Braves had won in this stretch of eleven, and they almost lost that one. And the last series they've lost was to the A's. And remember how everything was kind of feeling after that series? You know, Braves only had a three-game lead. It wasn't how it feels now, and they've been on fire since then. Yeah. We need a fourth person on this podcast to give uh, their pleasant surprise being that on July 9th when we're doing this, the last team to beat the Braves in a series was the Oakland A's. Yeah. Yeah, that's just a shocking brain burp. And then after that, been the best team in baseball. All right, now on to the uh, to the second half. So it's like I told him. I just I feel like once that all star breaks over, then this thing the first starts flying around here. I mean, this things get real after the all star break, and that's the fun of it. We touched on this earlier. Anything that's a that's a major concern at this point for me, and it's not a major, but it's kind of slight. The Braves do have four guys that have played every single game in the first half. Now they're all going to the all star game: Acuna, Olson, Riley, and Albies, but. Is fatigue going to be a little concern? Yeah, I, I've been thinking about this over the last week or so that there's a reason, you know, you love guys who post, right? But there's a reason the best players on every team don't play like every single game. You know what I mean? Like there's a reason teams do that. It, it give guys a day here and there, even if it's just for rest. I mean, yeah, like I, I guess, you know, they could be a little fatigued. You hope... I don't know. I mean, you're grasping at straws here when you talk about it, but yeah, like injuries are probably the only thing that can sideline this, that ruined, you know, derailed this masterful season to this point. But they've already had injuries and it hasn't derailed them. I think, yeah, I think there could be some fatigue. I mean, I wonder, I mean, I don't know. They're blasting their way through the National League right now, through, you know, the entire sport. I think there can be some fatigue, and I've wondered that. Like, I do wonder at what point do these guys just like need a day, or, or would they? And, and I think Snit's very good at feeling that out. And I also think that the Braves think these guys post, and that's probably what allows them to have such good seasons because they just kind of stay in the rhythm they're in. They're consistent. Like, the days are kind of the same for them, and they have that consistency in their work. But yeah, I, I think. I don't know about fatigue because they're not chasing down a 10 and a half game lead. So maybe not to that degree, but look like trying to play as close to 162 as possible is there's a reason that not a lot of guys do that anymore. Gabe. Yeah, that that's reasonable. I, regular season concerns are different than postseason concerns as well. M- my big thing is freed. I want to see him. They need him in October. That's really, that's really my biggest thing. I kind of touched on it. Like, yeah, I mean, I would like, another bullpen arm maybe but even then you're again like justin said this this team is in great shape so you're kind of nitpicking with some of this stuff but i i think freed is the biggest thing i just i need to see him and you just hope that you're getting max freed at his best and that's i mean i don't it's not an exaggeration that could be the difference in you winning a world series i think that's a really good point gabe because i've kind of like over this last week as we you know we go into freed's rehab assignment right after my point here i, I just think that can you really count like how much can you count on that for sure? You know, like freed after a forearm strain, 
Kyle Wright after a recurring shoulder strain. That Yes, like they were very cautious with these guys, shut them down, had them build all the way back up from scratch again to knock this all out. But when do things ever go perfectly? Like I'm going to knock on wood because I don't want to be that guy and you never wish injuries on somebody or, you know, underperformance on somebody at all. And like, that's not what I'm trying to do here at all. Like, I just mean that. You know, you, you think about that, and it's like we're all penciling in, like, man, like this team's going to be in, unstoppable when they add Freed and Wright and da 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 da. Like, we're just not even thinking about the fact that they're coming off of pretty, you know, I guess, I, not maybe not severe, but, you know, concerning injuries at the time. And so, yeah, we're going to have to see that. But, Jay, Freed, uh, Freed's on the, on the come up. Yep. Got back on the rubber against uh, our, our four Gwinnett on uh, Sunday. What's his uh, timeline now that he's finally gotten that been to a rehab assignment? Yeah, so he pitched 35 pitches today after in that first rehab start after estimating he threw about 30 in his second live batting practice session uh, on July 4th in Cleveland, the 4th of July. So 35 pitches in that first one. I said from the start that I thought it would need to be at least a few rehab starts. And the fact that he only threw 35 pitches in the first one, I mean, that's a standard buildup, but... I think that tells you what you need to know, especially with the Braves having such a comfortable lead in the National League, in the National League East specifically. I think you've got to give him at least three or four. So to me, it's probably, you know, late July or earliest, probably like probably early August. If you're I mean, the Braves don't give timelines, so I guess I could be wrong. Who knows? There are a lot of medical people that are a lot smarter than I am uh, that are going to be figuring this out and making the decisions. But I mean, I think. There's no reason to rush your ace. Like, look, they ru- they not rushed him back, but uh, they with Colby Allard, he only made two rehab starts before starting and threw 60 pitches in that second one, 62, I think it was, before starting for the Braves and bringing... I don't see, like, that situation with Max Freed. Like, you've got to get him completely right. Like, I think it's got to be at least three, maybe four, maybe five rehab starts before he comes up, especially because you have such a big cushion in the standings. All right, now time for what's next, and what's next is um, the Atlanta Invitational, also known as the MLB All-Star Game in Seattle, where Gabe is already there. And what's your favorite part about covering an All-Star Game? You know, some writers don't love doing this for different reasons, and especially, like, if you're a beat writer, this is a nice break. You don't want to be fooling with this. And I know, like, a lot of players would rather some of them, you know, aren't overly thrilled about doing it. But... I think it's so cool. The availability, you know, we just, we basically have like an hour or so with each team. And then they do an open clubhouse before the all-star game the following day. Guys are so, they're in a great mood, right? It's an exhibition. Like you're kind of, especially, you know, if you're the Braves and you're in first place, which they have been every year now um, that I've been doing this. It's just, I think it's cool. And you get to talk, you get to see future Hall of Famers up close. You get to ask them, you know, I'll be doing a story on Acuna's season, trying to get reaction from different All-Stars who have seen him play and everything. Like last year, I got to talk to Miguel Cabrera about him, and he was like, oh, Acuna's my son's favorite player and stuff. So you get different perspective that, you know, especially, and Justin understands this, when you're the beat guy, things can be a little monotonous, and you're dealing with the same people. So it's cool to like, see different you know obviously you're seeing different writers and stuff too which is always great you see people that you know that you only get to see a couple times a year or so but dealing with these players and seeing them all together you know the Otanis the Trouts Judge Acuna 
Soto, all these type of players that are always, you know, basically at these things. It's just, it's really, really cool. It's not something that you should take for granted. Um, if you're a media member, if you're a fan that's here, whatever, right? You know, the game itself is kind of whatever, but the activities surrounding it, it's just a really cool thing to be a part of. And I've, this is my fourth, I believe, yeah, fourth All-Star game that I've done. Uh, and this one's a lot different, obviously, because there's a ton of Braves here. So it's going to be kind of fun getting all that sorted out. But no, it's it's really, really cool. And, you know, it's, it, you always feel fortunate to be able to do one of these things. And one of the newer additions to All-Star Weekend is the draft. And the Braves have taken another arm from their home state with the 24th pick, Hurston Waldrop. We love the pure stuff he's got. He's athletic. He's got three plus pitches, maybe four even. And the splitter, like I said, might be the best secondary pitch in the whole draft for us. The 21-year-old went 10-3 and with a 4-1-6 ERA at Florida, striking out 156 over 101 innings for the Gators. This is Braves Assistant Director of Amateur Scouting, Renit Shaw. Yeah, I think that splitter really came on this year. All of our scouts identify that as an out pitch for him now. And when you got a guy that's 95 to 99 with a fastball, it's it's hard to lay off. Now, Justin and the rest of the Braves beat had a chance to catch up with the newest Brave late Sunday night. And the kid from Thomasville, Georgia, couldn't be happier with his selection. Yeah, oh yeah. I grew up watching the Braves, grew up a big Braves fan. I uh, could have named every Braves player and still can. Um, so I've been watching since I was six years old and since I fell in love with baseball. So this is going to be awesome. Given that you've been watching them for a long time and probably know a lot about what they do in player development. How excited are you to to be around a lot of those coaches? Uh, very excited, especially over the past couple of years, um, you know, seeing the way they've handled their players and um, just, just the overall, you know, the level of talent they've brought through the system and uh, continue to bring through the system and the way they handle their players. It's uh, it's really unmatched in the league and it's it's awesome to be a part of. What's uh, What's the biggest difference in your splitter this year and the jump you took from last year? I would say it's the, probably the spin rate. Um, the way I was able to kill a lot of the spin rate on it, uh, make it more of a, a true splitter fork ball, and uh, just kind of let gravity do the work on it. The, the gyro spin is a lot higher, so it has a little bit more of that knuckle shape to it. So uh, pretty much reinvented it from last year and kind of you know changed the way it played off my other pitches. Can, can you take us through kind of the moment you were drafted, where you were, who reached out to you, and like who you were with at the time? Yeah, so talking to my advisor, and I, I'm here with my family. I've got all my family here, aunts and uncles, cousins, uh, family, friends, people I grew up with. So having this opportunity to be here with them and the, the people that mean the most to me and the people that have helped me the most along along the way. And so having them here and to be able to experience all of this with them, it's uh exactly how I dreamed of it going down, you know, ever since I've wanted to play professional baseball. So. And when did you get a feel that the Braves uh, might draft you? So there was a, there was a little bit of a lull between those, uh, those top, top 20 picks or so, or the, you know, um, between like 20 and 24, it was a little bit of a lull. So it was kind of a, um, I, I figured out a, a little bit earlier because I, you know, I, talked to them throughout this whole process and, you know, really liked their, their program. So I was really hoping that, you know, they, I would just so happen to fall down to 24. And um, once I figured it out and, you know, realized that it was going to happen, it was going to line up. It was all, uh, it was all pretty surreal. So. 
Atlanta had two picks in the second round, taking a couple of college pitchers. Drew Hackenberg from Virginia Tech at number 59, and at number 70 is Cade Cooler from Campbell. So make sure to check back often with AJC.com slash Braves for updates on Atlanta selections for the rest of the draft on Monday and Tuesday. All right, next up is time for the Ask Justin segment featuring Gabe Burns, where we answer Braves fans' questions on Twitter at Justin C. Toscano. And on threads at... Oh, wow. Justin C. Toscano. Same thing. Look at that. And on the phone with the Braves Report hotline. You can call anytime. 404-526-AJCP. That's 404-526-2527. First up. Hey, guys. This is Dustin from Murphy, North Carolina. And my question is one I think I know the answer to, but I wanted to ask anyway. My question is, even though Spencer Strider and Bryce Elder aren't going to pitch in the All-Star game, do they still get on all the accolades and go down in the records? Yeah, they'll they'll be doing it. Next up, uh, Sam Hickman. What is Atlanta's most pressing need at the trade deadline, Justin? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be like maybe another reliever because you can never have too much pitching. But I, I just think, I mean, even if you want to acquire a fourth or fifth starter, are they going to be better than Michael Soroka, Bryce Elder, Colby Allard, the guys you saw as your depth starters entering the year? Like, I don't know, especially when Kyle Wright and Max Fried come back. So it's like you almost I, – I think that there's a point here where Alex maybe, you know, he wouldn't give up anything for that. But it's like, I, you know, in terms of costing a lot, but you probably do have to watch. Maybe your in-house options are going to be a lot better than some of the – you know, like a Jake Odorizzi type like last year. Like I don't think that trade fits this team as much just because I think they've got guys who filled in and, and proven they – can do so like i would take the jared schusters uh of the world over that john paul solomon wants to know would lance lynn be a good trade target for the braves maybe but i like all this centers around what they're willing to give up like i think this team is so good that that piece away probably isn't in the rotation like i think they could benefit from a josh Hader type if they wanted to go that route that would cost them a lot but who knows like for half a season Maybe the Padres are just willing to, you know, get something for him rather than nothing. And yeah, but I, I you know, I'm just, you kind of got to be wary because I don't know, like, I, I think Lanslin would be good for them, but it's like, who knows, you know, what the seller's market or what the market is going to look like and who the sellers truly will be. At Ritter Believer 9 asks, do you think Strider has a possibility of winning the Cy Young? Yeah. No, I, I do, especially because he's got the strikeouts, right? And, and he's got unhittable, you know, he's unhittable when he's at his best. Like, he's got incredible stuff. I think the strikeouts have kept him in the mix. Like, that's why he's, you know, an all-star, and he's got a good ERA, too. But I think he's one of those guys that could literally get on a run. Like, he's given up, after those two rough starts in June, he's given up four earned runs over his final 26 innings to end the first half. Like, those are the types of runs that win Cy Young awards. Like if he does that in August and September, like he is one of those guys that can get on one of those runs and win it. I think it's possible. From L. Whitmer, do you expect the Braves to again look primarily to international free agent signings for position players in the draft for pitching prospects? It's tough to say just because it depends on each draft and the talent pool and, and kind of what their board looks like in general. Like I think they've had a lot of success with the amateur draft for pitchers, obviously. And you can get a lot of high upside guys, uh, the high school route. But, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know if there will be a method to that madness or something in the secret sauce or some pattern. 
But, I mean, I do expect them to take high upside guys uh, in the draft. I mean, I think they're so good at nailing those guys. And our first question from Threads goes to Mark Fussell. Hashtag Ask Justin. What is the highest win total for a team you cover, and is your job easier or harder when the team you cover is this good? Do you run out of things to say? Yeah, you kind of do, but the job is – that's the fun of it is finding new ways to – say the same things or new angles to write them from but this is the best team i've ever covered like last year was the best team i've ever covered i think in my career i'm trying to compare sports and college and pro and yeah i'm pretty sure last team was the best last year's team was the best team i've ever covered this year's team is the best year's best team i've ever covered it's a lot more fun when they're good when they're bad i feel like people's you know people can just be sensitive and you know for good reason and things like that when it's good, it's going well. The vibe's good in the clubhouse. It's a lot easier to do the job. Gabe? You know, it's funny. I got to the AJC as an intern in 2017. They won 72 games that year. But there was, like, good vibes because they were, you know, they're calling Ozzy up and different guys are coming up and kind of contributing. And you're starting to see kind of the fruits of the rebuild, right? And they've been good ever since. So <laughs> I'll be honest, like, I don't have that much experience covering bad teams. Like, since I've been in – my new quote-unquote new job i mean i did the falcons last year um they weren't very good and but the nfl is a different animal completely anyway right so you go through even like when i went to georgia tech games they won so <laughs> even georgia tech was in a good mood um and then i've covered two national championships with georgia so I don't cover bad teams. So there you go. <laughs> it's all Gabe's fault. Congratulations, Gabe. All right, so on that note, not eligible for the winner of the week is Gabriel Burns, but uh, winners of the week. Justin, you first. One of the winners of the week. Shoot. I'm going to do the 2023 Braves as a whole for setting the a couple records this week. The franchise record for 26 straight games with a home run, so the homer streak, that is a franchise record. And then setting the overall record in the sport, in the modern era, with 169 home runs in the first half. No one had ever done that before. Gabe? I'm going to go Sean Murphy, Orlando Arcia, Bryce Elder. I know <laughs> what happened today, notwithstanding. And Spencer Strider, uh, four first-time All-Stars. Congrats to them. Like That is an awesome career achievement. And uh, also a hat tip to Matt Olson. I know it's his second All-Star, but it's the it's his first with the Braves, with his hometown team. That's pretty cool. I'm going to go with Charlie Morton. We really haven't talked about him a whole lot, and there was some eyebrows raised when he got you know $20 million last year after kind of a – well, he's starting to look like he was one of the older pitchers in baseball. And, uh, Justin, you wrote that he's got a 345 ERA, which is his fifth best at the All-Star break. Yeah, he's been really good. You could you could do a lot worse for twenty million dollars in terms of the ERA and the clubhouse value. I mean, I think he's been really really good. And uh, Charlie is one of only a handful of pitchers to have that good of an ERA uh, at the break at age thirty nine or older in the last ten thirteen years. All right, and with that, Justin Toscano is free to start his All Star break. What are you going to do? Oh, man, I don't know. Today, uh, Snit said he's going to go take a nap. That that sounds pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm gonna go. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go rest up, find something on Hulu, find something on Netflix, crawl in a cave, take care of my dentist appointment, all that stuff, haircut, and uh, yeah, return on the other side at at some point. Hopefully, Tanner. Hopefully, you know, healthier, more well rested. All right, Gabe, it's all you, buddy. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Gonna get a gonna get a good walk in. Love walking in Seattle. And uh, congrats to the Pirates on taking Paul Skeens. That was the right pick. All right, so that's where we will uh, leave it, and then we'll be back with you next Sunday, of course, if you have not done so. You know, rate, review, follow, share, subscribe, all those good things. Help us grow the show, and we'll be here every Monday or when major Braves news breaks on the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com.